0: So it's 3 p.m. again, welcome to another episode, this is episode 2 in season 1 and um, I think it's really cool to say that you're here and we're going to be talking about some stuff dealing with education and the moral attitude coming towards that question in, in a sense. I was thinking earlier this week about Socrates and and his apology and I was actually quite I first thought like let's let's talk about education, let's talk about the learning of sorts. Let's see where we can take a conversation where we have a look at what does education mean to you personally, but also what does education mean to me personally. But then I also figured coming yesterday that with what we talked about last week, compassion, be compassionate towards yourself and the fact that Schopenhauer found that we make things often too complicated, actually Socrates would be a really nice leap into his conversation that went um, way before Schopenhauer, but was also sort of the first thinkers in that path of you should think for yourself, you should be here for yourself, you shouldn't be here for other people Like. I think in some sense Schopenhauer, Schopenhauer tried to argue uh, in the world and the representation of the power that it has uh, has gained over time also that, you know, we have a decision to make um, coming when we are getting more towards to our age, towards um, adultery, towards maturity towards the idea of where we stand in this in this world. And um, that doesn't necessarily entail politically, because I have the feeling that sometimes it's often too much discussed by the time you're 18, where your stance is politically or where you are standing in terms of your environment, that you ha- should have chosen your friends, that you should have chosen your partner, that you should have chosen your work. And I often find that And we will probably also, now that I think of it, probably go into that more coming the the next episodes. Um, Descartes believed sort of in the plasticity of the brain, so that our image of the world and our image of ourselves is always sort of enhancing, changing. The plasticity of the brain is always uh, reforming itself in a sense. And I think Socrates was one of these first Greek philosophers who, who, because of his later life, came across the idea that we do not need to follow these instructions by, by chance, or we do not need to abide by these rules always, we can also find our own way... Um, in these conversations and we can have our own ideas and our own moral codes towards these uh, things that are surrounding us, not only educationally, but also environmentally and politically. And I, I think in some sense, together with Plato, he created the school, the Elysium, the Lyceum, to enhance that thought, to enhance and to instill certain individuality, to instill this sort of, which is why I, I'm, I'm, I've i now called it the nomad, it's, it's to instill this sort of, you can be a nomad in a sense, everybody can be a nomad, because you do not need to conform with, with what is here, with what is out there, you are perfectly inclined to say, I don't believe These rules, I don't believe these sets of ideas and I find it important to really find my own way in them and to really abolish, which is a big word, abolish is a big word because then you get rid of everything, but in a certain sense, I think he tried to argue that because he, he he was a young student also of the sage. The first word that comes to uh, philosophy, to the wise man, as we would call them now. But is sage. Sage is like the wise. And Socrates was a student of one of these sages. And I think one of the things they instilled in him was question. Question everything. That's, it's one of these nowadays, it's like all over news and it's all over the movies. But, you know, he's one of these first that, that argued, you know, nothing or something. And not in a bad way, but more in terms of, like, you always wake up a, a renewed being every morning. This is something that comes also with, you know, the the, the Buddhists. So, um, I think it's very interesting what he tried to argue. And I will put a. And because I already actually researched this po- no pre-pre, I need to say pre-pre. I pre-researched some of these things. Cause I was like, I need to for this podcast really sort of give you an idea of So Socrates was actually after he created the school and whatever, now then after he has gone around. For many many years, because he didn't die early, but he also didn't die old, and it's has to do with his apology. He had to come before court in Greece and in Athens, I believe. Out of my head now, I'm not sure. Let me let me have a look at that actually for you. Apology. I don't know that because I haven't looked at it for a while. Self-defense, corruption, can you imagine, 399 before Christ, Um. oh yeah, to Athens, there we go, yeah, actually I like the line that's here on Wikipedia, I will put this up, Uh, in a defense against the charge of corrupting the youth and not believing in the gods in whom the city believes. Can you imagine how old the idea of that already is? Um, So I I picked up some lines. Um, This is one of these things which is why you know he uh, and Plato wrote this up, of course, because so- Socrates doesn't have really anything documented. Plato wrote most of these dialogues for Socrates, and um, one of these lines that was in his apology was, "The unexamined life is not worth living." So he went through Athens, he went through Greece, and he 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 said things such as these, and we still—that's the interesting part I find also with Thales. We still. And I still see this on, on Instagram, or, or on TikTok, or on Facebook, that we, we still uh, tag that quote everywhere, like, the unexamined life is not worth living. Um, but back then, of course, this was this grandeur thing of like, how can you say that? Another thing that he said is, the state is like a great and noble steed, who is tardy in its motions owning to its very size and requires to be stirred into life. I am that gal, gal, gadfly which God has given the state and all day long and all in places and always fastening upon you, aroused, arousing and persuading and reproaching you. You will not easily find another like me. And I think in some sense he's trying to say, even though the state moves and is of such great size, you are... Bound in some way to change also with what you have been given. I mean, it's not that's the interesting part. Already around that time, he was seen as sort of saying that he was his own God, let's say, and that he didn't believe in what Athens believed at that time. But he's saying that even though everything is given to you by what he saw as God um you know it's it's arousing and and that that's his last sentence sort of arousing and it you're persuaded to reapproach yourself and it's important to to always in some sense change and find this plasticity uh that that was a more hard one i will, I will put the the link again in the, the description below um oh yeah i mean the, the, this I, I think this is so interesting that he said this. yeah One of the, the lines is, All I know is that I know nothing. And he didn't mean, of course, All I know is I know nothing. He meant, in some way, that you can't ever grasp what you are finding. Like, it's it's always... How we, can we present that whatever we have is that of a fact? How can we say that everything is solid, that everything has a stance when even our environment is constantly changing, not just the environment, also our own environment. We are always changing, even though we might not always notice it. Our schools are changing, our politics are changing. Our way of thinking over life is changing. And, and in some sense, he's trying to argue that all I know is that I know nothing, because you're always re- Occurring with yourself like you're looking at the mirror every day and be like, okay I want to change this today or I want to do this differently today Actually, we're living in a time if you think about it also coming YouTube and whatever not is that You know we 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 come across all these challenges every day more because of the fact that we find even now that we need to change everything in some sense and we need these vast opportunities for ourselves to make sure that we're not falling behind i am hearing that so many times we're not falling behind afraid to be falling behind yeah and another and i'm gonna because i think three is really good and then i sort of covered all the bases the other thing is Wealth does not bring about excellence, but excellence makes wealth and everything else good for men, both individually and collectively. I think this is actually, and this is why I'm keeping this as the last one, is. I think this is exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast and what I will always try to do with my friends, with my family, is that yeah, we can always have goods, we can always have a value in life, but the value of a good heart and a good mind and a good state of being goes above everything. For yourself, as we talked about last week, so we're bringing it home and also towards your surroundings. If you're, if you're morally and compassionately good, you can have everything in life it, it seems because people will want to come to you and people will want to hear about what you have to say but also you'll want to hear what other people have to say i think this reciprocity towards also what other people have to say and, and what other people do is so important the wealth and that exists there and that when you bring about change in your environment you actively change the world in some sense. You actively make sure that the world around you becomes better. So, the teachings are always that of yourself towards yourself and then therefore towards others. And in in bringing about this change of thinking that nothing is indeed stable. Everything is always... Yeah you know, changing, ever-changing. I I, I truly believe that in some sense because I'm always trying to um, adapt my thinking and try to see things differently, uh, not only for the benefit of others, but also for the benefit of myself. I even had this moment this week of a friend of ours where I was like, I will give her a shot for herself to see things in a different light because I think it's important for her and therefore i'm also letting it go because you can always help other people but you also have to sometimes let people be and and let them find their own way and and search their own light so yeah that that's what it was for this week it's it's more a compassionate way of looking at yourself and not being confined to a certain area or certain surplus uh, finding your own education and making sure that you are doing well and sometimes you have different friends or different political beliefs around you but that's that's okay it's fine it's fine to have that and it's fine to not confine yourself to the same beliefs it's really good to uh, always be in a, in a sort of a c- circle of life and and see where about your mind goes and where your heart goes and let that lead the way sometimes. It's not always bad to, uh, to have a change of mind. And when people tell you, let them tell you and they will also find their way and some will come back and some won't but that's that's the way life works in some sense i guess so thank you for listening to the Nomad podcast this was season one episode two and this was socrates and the apology i will see you next friday at three and i hope you have a great weekend and i'll see you then